so much for Russia scaling back its bombardment of Ukraine. Yeah, day after uh, peace talks that everyone knew sounded too good to be true, Russia just continued pummeling Ukraine with Ukraine's defense minister saying Russia forces are only doing this as a stunt so that they can uh, regroup and gear up for a new offensive operation. And Putin, who had agreed to allow for civilians to be evacuated from Mirapol, uh, now says that the only way that that will happen is if they, uh, you know, if they shut down, uh, put down their weapons and surrender, which is just not going to happen. And so the city, which he keeps shelling, which has literally been turned into rubble, um, you know, the people will still stand there despite, despite this massive humanitarian crisis with 160,000 Ukrainians unable to get food in that city, shelter or clean water, which, of course, Putin doesn't care because starving to death uh, is just another weapon for him. And that is where we are at. Christian Luprec, of course, you know him. He's a professor with the Royal Military College of Canada. He's a senior fellow at the McDonald Lurie Institute and also author of North American Strategic Defense in the 21st Century, Security and Sovereignty in an Uncertain World. And, of course, that was written before war. Good to have you. Good evening. All right. So Maripol, as you know, city of uh, 450,000, absolutely devastated. They think about 5,000 have been killed, but I think that number is probably higher. Um, the Ukrainians will never give up this city because it's a Putin win. Um, he wants to keep it so that he can control the coast and create this bridge between the Donbass and Crimea. Um, and it would allow Putin to cut Ukraine off really from the Black Sea. Uh, where they ship out exports of grain and iron. So they won't give that territory to him strictly because it would hand him a massive win. All right? Yeah, there is another dimension to this. So what we see here is obviously what uh, the Russians did in Aleppo and Syria and what they did in Chechnya um, in terms of demoralizing local populations. And I think they're using Mariupol as a caution to Ukraine about what's going to happen to other Ukrainian cities if Ukraine doesn't essentially give in to Russian uh, political aims and demands here. But the other dimension to this is that Russian logistic lines work by mm -hmm. rail. And so that means the Russians need to control the train stations. And so by denying Russia control of the major cities, it means Russia can control the train logistics hubs, which means that Russia can't keep moving further inwards because if they have to do their logistics by road, it means they can only go about 100 kilometers or so from territory that they control. So holding on to Mariupol also has important logistics implications for Russia themselves beyond sort of just the symbol symbolism of trying to close that entire land loop uh, around the southern um, coastline of Ukraine. Right. Um, and I mean, look, I, I don't I, no one in Ukraine uh, gave a lot of thought to the to the peace talks, which were kind of sold as well. It's a step forward, uh, which Ukrainians are saying, no, 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 <laughs> there's no way they're going to stop doing this. And of course, we can't trust Russia because they lie and they have shown time and again that they cannot be trusted with anything um, that they say. And so the bottom line is um, they're not winning, but they're also not losing. I mean, I, I think you know, Ukrainians have put up a huge, huge front and certainly I think achieved more than anyone could imagine here. But, you know, to suggest that they have won outright is impossible given the damage um, and the infliction of, of devastation that Putin has made. And, and Putin still has, whether it's, um, you know, looking chaotic or not, he still has a lot of weaponry. 
Yeah, so I think what Ukrainians understand that much of the West misses is that, of course, Russia has been controlling and coercing its periphery since the 15th century. So the Ukrainians mm-hmm. have been at this for 600 years. They understand how the Russians act. So this is not a, this is just a continuation in a long playbook. And that's why they know that they can't trust Russia with whatever Russia says. And that's why you have to interpret everything that Russia says and Russia does uh, with a cons- with considerable uh, caution. Uh, I think that's sort of one approach that the Ukrainians are taking here. The other, as you rightly point out, people always talk about Ukraine needs to win. And of course, Ukraine doesn't need to win. Ukraine just can't lose. And what they've demonstrated, yeah. what you, the Ukraine defenders, is that they can make life Yes, Russia can make life extremely painful for Ukrainians, especially in urban centers. But the Ukrainians have demonstrated that Russia cannot achieve its political aims on the battlefield, that the regime in Kiev is still in place, the democratically elected regime, that Ukraine will not be reduced to a demilitarized quasi-status of a Soviet republic that it had under the Soviet regime, that uh, Putin has not been able to divide the European Union and NATO, and he's not been able to reduce American influence in Europe. To the contrary, we're now back up from 68,000 US troops in Europe to 100,000 troops. And I think that's the key message to send that Putin will not achieve his aims. The question, of course, is Russia has mass and Russia has scale. So they can keep this up for months to come in a way that is much more difficult for Ukraine to do, even with the Western support that it has. Well, yeah, because they're facing not just, um, you know, a constant bombardment with these awful uh, weapons and and mass uh, destructive bombs, but they're facing starvation. I mean, people can't eat. They're now eating animals that they find on the street. They have no clean drinking water. They have no medicine. And so there's that crisis that works to Putin's, um, you know, advantage. He doesn't care if they get out through these humanitarian corridors. He doesn't care if they die. That just becomes another weapon for him. Yeah, and I think it also reflects the state of his own military, right? So people getting ration packs that expired 10 years ago. Uh, people often say that the quality of your military is a, is a reflection of the quality of your society. I think what you see in the Ukrainian military is soldiers, contractors, um, and bureaucrats uh, that are fundamentally corrupt. And so what you see here in Mariupol is this sort of complete disregard for how you actually would uh, would run or treat people in a dignified yeah. society. So I think it simply reflects uh, the political and the military uh, leadership within Russia. And of course, it reinforces for Ukrainians that you have to hold on for dear life because it's clear to every Ukrainian, regardless of the suffering, that the suffering will always be be worse mm-hmm. under Russian regime than whatever they have to endure today. Well, no question about that. No question about that. So what do you make then um, about this China, you know, reaffirming the partnership with Russia, um, you know, that it wants to push for bilateral relations to a higher level? I mean, China has been, you know, talking out of both sides of its mouth here. Is there any significance to this? I mean, if China starts fueling Russia, not just with weaponry, but with money, it, uh, it is a big it is a big push uh, between tyrannies. 
Yeah, I think China is going to be cautious here. We've seen Chinese banks being quite cautious about not running afoul of U.S. sanctions because they are afraid of suffering the same fate uh, that Russian banks uh, have suffered, at least of being cu- uh, cut out from the U.S. financial system. Uh, and authoritarian regimes notoriously don't trust their own people. So they, the last thing people they trust is other countries, especially other authoritarian regimes, because they themselves know that they lie, steal, and cheat. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm always a little cautious when people, you know, uh, flag sort of these alliances among authoritarian regimes, um, they only go so far. Um, and I think the repercussions for China are, are, are probably worse um, if they got, really got into bed with the Russians. I think China simply sees that uh, the Chinese always play ahead. And I think what the Chinese see is that Russia is going to come out politically, economically, and militarily significantly weakened and an opportunity for the Russians economically and politically to expand uh, into Russia as a significant sphere of influence for Chinese interests. Yeah, they'll exploit. Tyrants will be tyrants even to each other. And at the end of the day, they'll exploit whatever they can to get what they want. Nonetheless, what are you watching for uh, moving forward? Where do you see? Is this just now turning into kind of daily uh, bombings where the real shock kind of wears off and it's just a constant barrage? Yeah, I think so of this war of attrition. But Putin has said publicly that he wants this settled by May 8th. So I think there is still a considerable opportunity. Uh, Putin continues to control the escalation ladder, especially vertically, but also potentially horizontally. And I think there's a real risk that if Putin can't get what he wants um, on the battlefield, he will escalate, uh, especially vertically with non-conventional means in order to try to force uh, a victory and as much of a of, of a win for himself out of this as he possibly can. So uh, I think um, we might still be in for some unexpected adventures and we all need to settle yeah. in uh, that there may yet be worse to come. Yikes. Hard to believe that it could get worse, but indeed it can. Very much appreciate your time always. Thank you, sir. Alex, thank you for the conversation. Have a lovely evening. You as well. That's Christian Aloprecht. And again, his book, he, he wrote this before this uh, latest... Uh, um, you know, invasion, North American strategic defense in the 21st century, security and sovereignty in an uncertain world. And it's even more uncertain.